Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Michael, I want to say thank you for being on Coaching for Potential podcast today. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure to be with you. It is my pleasure to have you here. I just want to read the bio so folks that are listening in know uh, your background and expertise. Uh, Michael Marquardt is a, an American academic. He's a retired professor of human resource development and international affairs at George Washington University. He's the co-founder and first president of the World Institute of Action Learning, a leading, or a leading organization for certifying action learning coaches. He is the author of 26 books, and one of my favorite books today we're going to talk about is Leading with Questions. So, Mike, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Absolutely. And I, I just got to tell you, I take my clients through three books. Um, I take them through Coaching for Performance um, with John Whitmore. I take them through uh, Coaching for Breakthrough Success with Jack Canfield and Peter Chi. And the third book I take them through is actually the book we're talking about right now with Leading with Questions. And so I'm just delighted to have you on the podcast and to talk about uh, Leading with Questions. So one of my first questions is, uh, it's obviously one of my favorite books, but what's one of your favorite stories from a leader who now leads with questions? Okay, I guess, uh, you know, in my research for the book, I talked to many leaders from around the world and and uh, people who began asking questions as a way of leading. And I guess my favorite story is the uh, Frank Andrachi, who works for Constellation Energy. And he talked about how he used to lead his life with statements, feeling that was the way he became a leader and that's the way he should act as a leader. And uh, after my work with him and conversation, he decided to, as he called it, do a brain switch in which he, instead of using statements, he started using questions. And he realized that with the use of questions, he learned a lot more. Uh, he was more aware of the situation. He seemed to get, interact better with his uh, colleagues and subordinates. Uh, uh, decisions got made better. And uh, it, it, as he said, it transformed his life, made life much more enjoyable, but also much more effective. So uh, I think that's a story that many leaders uh, who discover the importance of questions uh, have made in their lives, and uh, it, it is probably a very transformative event to realize that questions are the way to lead rather than statements. And I just love the concept of a brain switch that Frank talked about. Um, and that's just such a great way to describe it. I've never had anybody describe it that way, and that was a great way to look at it. I just got to ask, too, how did you come across leading with questions? What was kind of your transformation to learn this model? Because, you know, it's not a natural model for us, and we've all kind of got to learn it. So how did you come across it? Well, I was uh, had just become a professor at George Washington University about 25 years ago. And one of my, we, we taught executives, uh, leaders from around the world, and obviously my research was to look at, you know, what makes a great leader since I was going to be teaching future leaders. And so I, I went to people that were considered the best leaders in their field from all over the world in every industry and did a lot of research reading political, about political leaders and uh, corporate leaders and, uh, you know, uh, government leaders and so forth. 
And the one thing I just, and I ask people within the organization, who are the best leaders in your organization? Who do you like to work for? Who gets the job done? And uh, inevitably, it always came down to the same point. The people who, the leaders who asked the questions were considered the best leaders, the most effective leaders. Uh, they were considered great leaders. And so my insight came from the research I did uh, and in, in, in interviewing great leaders from around the world as well as reading. And, uh, and then as you become aware of the importance of leading, then as I began working, coaching uh, leaders with organizations around the world, I, I, I recognized the critical importance of questions and, and guided uh, leaders to use questions more frequently in their day-to-day -day life. And that's probably what inspired you, inspired you to ultimately write the book, Leading with Questions, because they're really, um, they're, there's a lot of coaching books, but there's very few books about leading with questions. Uh, yours is probably the only one that I know of. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, perhaps one of the most important leadership skills, management skills in the world is, uh, is using a use of questions, and yet there are no books on on how to ask questions. There are very few books now in the last five or ten years, emerging number of books. But uh, in my mind, it's the most, uh, and my research shows it's the most important skill of leaders to ask questions. So you'd figure there should be guidebooks to help leaders uh, to ask questions. But uh, the reality is that uh, we, we teach leaders everything but not how to ask questions. I agree wholeheartedly, and that's why I'm so excited to have you on today and to and to hear your thoughts and ideas on that. And so, what will leaders create by leading with questions? And you know, what are the advantages and benefits of leading with questions from your perspective? What do you see as uh, is well? You know, what leaders research, create, and what are the benefits and advantages? In my book, I identified I think seven major benefits that a leader uh, accrues by asking questions, and I'll just list them very quickly, and uh, we'll, I'm sure, be discussing them over the next uh, several minutes. Uh, the first benefit, and most important benefit for a leader in asking questions, it, it helps him or her get their problems solved. Uh, leaders have critical, complex, strategic problems that they need to get solved, and uh, they discovered that whether they worked individually, asked themselves questions, or asked questions in the group, questions helped you to solve problems and, and, to, and to make better decisions as you are going through the problem-solving process. The second benefit that these leaders discovered by asking questions, it built more com uh, comradeship, uh, commonality, uh, friendship among their teams. So uh, most leaders, they have to get their work done with teams and uh, most teams are dysfunctional and don't work very well and not very enjoyable. And so the leaders found that if they ask questions within the team and encourage other team members to ask questions, it, the teams were much more enjoyable to work with, they're more effective, they got more done in less time, uh, less wasted time, uh, you know, more energy developed rather than taken away. A third benefit of, that leaders found in asking questions it, it helped them be more creative. They realized that uh, questions are the, are the essence of creativity. All the great inventions in the history of the world came because the inventor asked a question that no one had asked before. But our brain kind of works, questions help us be creative. And the, more, the better our questions are, the more creative we are. Uh, a fourth benefit that leaders found in using questions in the workplace 
was that it, it, uh, it energized people and it built relationships. Um, we all have relatives who do not ask us questions or do not encourage us to ask them questions, but I can assure you that all of our friends, our close friends, are people we ask questions of, and they ask questions of us. Friendships are built on questions. So if you were to recall the last time you had a conversation with a close friend, you would, and you, you videotaped it or whatever, you would see that you asked each other questions all the time. What do you think about this? How are your children doing? Where are you going on vacation? Can I ask you for help on this or whatever? So they realized that questions enabled them to get along better with people, to get respect from people, uh, to energize them, to create enjoyable relationships. The fifth benefit of questions is to help the, the leader learn more. Uh, as I mentioned the first example from Constellation Energy with Frank Andrachi, when you ask questions, you learn a lot more. And actually, all the deep learning we have in life come from questions because the better our questions are, the more we, re we reflect, the more we reflect, the more we learn. So uh, if you want to learn anything important in life, understand things, to tailor things, adjust, uh, they realize questions enable them to learn and, and perform. Uh, a sixth benefit that leaders gain from asking questions, it developed the leadership skills of the people around them. Again, in today's environment, leaders have to develop the people around them to in turn become leaders. And so by asking questions and encouraging these subordinates or colleagues to ask questions, uh, the leader helped all of the, all of the folks become leaders. And finally, the, uh, the final benefit of, uh, of asking questions, it get, gets action. Uh, we oftentimes think that, you know, if you excite someone, exhort them, or, you know, uh, sermonize to them and so forth, they'll take action. But in reality, our psychology and everything else shows us the most effective way to get someone to take action and change their lives is through a question. And so all of us have had great questions asked of us. But when you recall a great question asked of you, it changed your life. You did something that you never thought you could do or that you had failed before. So those are the seven benefits, I think, that leaders gain by using questions. I absolutely love those because um, I love the deep learning process. But the, the key that I really love from it is leader development and action to energize the group to move forward and take action. And I just think those are absolutely uh, terrific ideas. And I think those are the best benefits from it is, you know, obviously it helps them solve problems, but the leader develops other leaders because uh, as you've heard the quote, uh, leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. And asking questions is a great way to do that. So I absolutely uh, love that uh process. And so do you have a leadership question ratio? You know, how much, how many questions a, a leader should ask and how much time or a amount of time that a, a leader should speak compared to how much the team member that they're working with speaks? Um, do you have any ratio like that or any analysis on it, that? What it, you find is kind of it, the optimal it, point. It's hard to have a ratio. I think uh, it depends upon the question. Sometimes a great question uh, can result in 5, 10, 25 minutes of responses as the colleagues around you respond to that question. Uh, sometimes a great question is so great that people have to reflect on it for a period of time and there's no responses. Uh, uh, 
a, a dictum, I guess, or an uh, idea I have is that every time a leader makes a statement, he may have lost the opportunity of leading. And so I think we should be deliberate when we make statements, because statements create dependency or defiance, and, and questions create energy and, and create leaders. And uh, the greater our questions, the greater the leader will be. So, uh, but you know, you have to use common sense in terms of the racial questions. But I think uh, to get things started, uh, to, to solve a complex problem, to get strategies, to get people energized, uh, if you make statements, uh, you lose that opportunity of getting the energy, the creativity, the, the leadership from other people. So uh, not a particular racial, but has a premise in your mind, is this an opportunity where I can ask a question? Because anytime a leader can ask a question, he is going to be much more powerful and she's going to be able to accomplish much more than a statement ever could. I agree. I agree. You're preaching to the choir. I almost want to give it a hallelujah and thank you, Jesus, right there. Um, so what are your favorite questions that you ask of leaders? What are some of your favorite questions? Well, I think there's a number of questions uh, that are really great ones. And, of course, it depends upon the context. But two, two questions I think are part of all of life and learning is what is going well you know, with this project, with our team, with myself, and what could I or what could we do better? Those are the two questions that help you see what you're doing well and, and see the opportunities for improvement. Uh, I think some related questions are, are what have we learned from this process that uh, we uh, you know, could, could benefit and apply? Because learning has much more benefit than just the action. So, Anytime you learn, it has multiple applications and adaptations and so forth. So what have we learned from this situation, this experience, this project, or this interaction that we're having right now? And a fourth question, I think, is how can we apply what we've learned? How can we make it valuable? So those are kind of generic questions that a leader can use every day in almost every situation. Now, great leaders, they can read the environment, be sensitive to what's occurring around them, and they'll come up with, you know, a great question at that moment in time. Sometimes a great question is why or why not uh, for something happening. Uh, but if you're fully in the moment and you, you have the courage and ability to, uh, and willingness to ask questions, uh, any, any question might be a great question at that moment in time. And so to follow up on that, when you've been coaching or working with leaders, what's one of your favorite questions that you asked a leader that kind of was, uh, you know, a, a switch flipper or made them see things differently? What's one of your favorite stories about your favorite question? Well, you know, it's interesting. I uh, worked with, uh, you know, a, a vice president from, Const uh, from uh, Caterpillar and, uh, you know, we were we were working and we we're talking about how how he how he asked questions in his group and so forth. And he and he got some feedback from his team, and he realized that whenever he asked questions, he, he always asked two questions at the same time. Uh, because you know, maybe in early childhood or whatever, he felt that I gotta get my words out, even though he was a senior leader in the group, he still would always ask two questions. 
And so in this project we were working on, I always uh, say, okay, what are we doing and how are our leadership skills being practiced? And he received some feedback from the, the group saying, you know, uh, Joe, when you ask, you always ask two questions. We get confused. Which questions we answer or forget your first question? So he said that as a result of that, he always starts his situation. He said, now I have two questions. He always has that pattern or habit. My first question is, and then he stops. And he said, that has changed my whole life in terms of myself as a leader. I get much more done at meetings. I get much more done when I interact with my colleagues. And that was just an insight that I had of, of you know, I, I kind of asked questions, but I didn't use the questioning technique well. So that was always a fun example. And he said it changed his life, both in that family as well as, as, well as that caterpillar. And the thing I love about that story is that he got the feedback. You didn't see any pushback from the feedback. He accepted this feedback, reflected upon it, and actually absorbed it. And I think that's the real power of, of that story. Have you seen leaders who have gotten feedback and then resisted it? You know, you know they've, uh, have you seen any situations like that in your career? I think most people feel uncomfortable about getting feedback, which is negative. And uh, so that's why I think it's you. you, you is, and so we we all kind of resist it. We like to. We know we're not perfect, but we don't, we're not, we do not like to be told we're not perfect. So it's difficult to receive information that puts us in less than our best light. And that's why I think the better question is how could this person? What could this person do better? What is he doing well? The first kind of re relax, you know. The person and give him some confidence and that you care about him and and he feels kind of uh, warm about himself but then so I think you also have to do the two steps first what is uh, Joe doing well as a leader and how he asks questions and what could he do better and so it becomes a little easier to accept that so but I say most leaders we're very uncomfortable about telling a, a boss or a person who's a superior to us or even an equal that they're not asking good questions or not asking questions in the right way uh, so we have to have skills in how we provide learning opportunities growth for people around us and most of us are not very good we use statements rather than questions to help the person uh, gain the skills and, and that's oftentimes resisted. I agree completely. And so have you been, when you've been teaching this either as a consulting project or teaching it in a classroom, have you ever had any pushback from people? And, and what, what are some examples of some pushback that you've received and then any ways to overcome them? Well, you know, sometimes when you're working on a problem, I usually work with a, leaders as they are working with their team on a problem. So you can, it's a natural environment where questions and statements and so forth are occurring. And so uh, sometimes the, uh, the person who's the leader or the expert uh, has the most power, whatever, they, uh, they, they feel they have the... They have to ask all the questions or have to answer all the questions or their questions are the best um, uh, or they like to dominate uh, or that's been their culture that they have to dominate and so forth. So uh, when they're when they are not allowed in a sense to ask all the questions or dominate uh, a lot of people feel uncomfortable with that because they've in some ways have manipulated 
their colleagues uh, for years. And, and, and now it's kind of being brought to their attention uh, with the courage of the group or in my role as a consultant that uh, this is not an effective way of leading. And, uh, and there is, you know, this type of uh, control of the group or managing the group in a way that reaches, helps them reach your conclusions rather than what's best for the situation. So uh, uh, a lot of uh, leaders, they, they, they got their power by manipulating or controlling and making it uncomfortable to be challenged. And uh, it's very, that's why, you know, sometimes an executive coach can challenge a leader, but it's difficult for a colleague or uh, a subordinate to, to, to do that. So it's easier for you and I to, to, to push and to say, here's, you know, we're trying to help you. This is going to make your life more pleasant. You're going to be a better leader. People are going to work with you more effectively if you make this mind switch of asking questions rather than dominating, of, of being open to improving your questions or listening carefully to questions from other people. I agree completely. And, and I see that as the pushback, almost like, I, you know, why should I ask questions? Because I need to have the answers. I need to look smart, all of that. I've got kind of a weird question here on, and if you've done any research on this, because I'm just kind of curious about this, if there's anybody out there that's done this, but what percentage of leaders out there use a questioning mindset versus those that don't? Have you done some surveys with organizations to kind of see what their leaders, where they lean on that to, prior to you doing research with them? Well, my, my, I would say that probably 90% of uh, leaders do not use questions. Uh, but 100% of all the great leaders use questions. So you show me a great leader, I'll show you someone who asks great questions. You show me someone who asks great questions, I'll show you someone who's a great leader. So all the people who are highly respected and loved and effective in every environment, uh, you know, they, they ask questions. And the most successful companies are built on questions. Uh, uh, I know Eric uh, Schmidt, who's the co-founder of Google, he said, we run this company on questions, not by answers. And, uh, you know, uh, Michael Dell from, you know, Dell Computer says that asking questions is what gives us our competitive advantage. I think some of the, your listeners out there are familiar with Peter Drucker's uh, statement, the leader of the past was someone who had the answers, whereas the leader of the future is someone who has the questions. So, uh, you know, it's the... Uh, but unfortunately, and, and I know we'll get this maybe a little bit later, a lot of leaders don't feel comfortable or don't feel they have the time or uh, they don't know how to ask questions. So they, they, we, they revert to statements as being the only way to lead. And really, it's the least effective way of leading, particularly in today's environment. I agree completely. So. That actually leads into, that was a great transition from my next question is, what keeps managers from using leading with questions mindset? What are some of the things that hold them back from doing that? Well, it's interesting. Uh, I'll start from, from childhood. It, we are all born natural questioners. We love to ask questions. And, uh, and you know, even before we get the, the ability to verbally ask questions, we non-verbally asked questions because that's the way we quickly learn how to walk and talk. Every time we make a sound or uh, we ask how can I improve that sound so I can communicate more effectively to those people around me so I can get the candy I want or get what help I need or whatever the case may be. 
And every time they make a movement, their subconscious asks questions, how can I improve that movement so I can eventually walk and, and so forth. So with the subconscious use of questions, every child around the world and every culture learns how to speak. They can speak several languages by the age of two, and they can hop and skip and do everything. So we are all born natural questioners. And then around the age of two, three, and it's true in every culture, we stop asking questions. And the reason is our parents say, Mary, stop asking so many questions. Bill, stop, you know, you're driving me crazy. I don't have time for it. You're, uh, you're embarrassing. And so we start uh, being discouraged from asking questions. And we go to school and we may ask a question and our classmates may snicker at us for the, the stupid question we asked, or the teacher may say, you know, stop asking questions, have the answers. And we go into the workplace and we're discouraged from asking questions because it may uh, rock the boat or change things. So throughout life, even though we're natural questioners, we have lost that ability. And so by the time we become a leader or a coach or whatever, a parent, we stop asking questions. So that's part of the culture, I think, and we, we don't have any mentors or the people who are our leaders, they didn't ask questions. Uh, we don't have any role models. Uh, the culture discourages questions. Uh, there's a belief that questions take too much time. We've got to solve a problem. We've got to get something done. Let's just have someone make a decision and let's do it, get it over with. Uh, so there's... There's, uh, we don't have the skills in asking questions, as I mentioned earlier. We go to, to elementary school, high school, college, whatever. We learn all kinds of things, but we don't learn the most important skill of life, how to ask questions. And so over a period of time, we've lost the confidence, the courage, the skill of asking questions and, and uh, embarrassment. Uh, uh, we're afraid of asking dumb questions. And so there's a number of cultural reasons within, within, within every organization, or there's a number of historical reasons, psychological reasons, that discourage us from asking questions, and uh, over a period of time, we've, we've lost the ability to ask even good questions, much less great questions. So it, it, it's, a, it's a common factor worldwide that uh, uh, we're not very good at asking questions anymore. Uh, I agree so so heartily, and, and the two points on that I think are just important for our listeners are number one, asking questions, but number two, to truly hone our skills to listen to find out what that person is saying, both emotionally, psychologically, physically, their body language, their uh, how they're saying it, tonality, just absorbing all of those things to really find out where this person is at. And if, if you can do both of those things, that really is, I think, the essence of emotional intelligence that so many of us now strive to have because now we've recognized it's such an important key to success. So um, you state in the book uh, an interesting quote or interesting idea. You say, leaders ask the right questions and managers focus on the right solutions. And can you expand upon that a bit? Because I just think it's a fascinating concept. Yeah, that's actually a quote from John Cotter, who is a well-known uh, author, a uh, professor at Harvard University and uh, leading authority in the area of change and, and leadership. And uh, he, he makes that distinction that, uh, particularly in today's environment, uh, you need you have to be sure you're doing the right thing. You have a limited amount of time, limited amount of resources. Uh, you got to be sure you're doing the right thing at the right time, the right, you know, uh, resources are being used, right decisions are being made. And so leaders 
by asking questions, get the organization to do the right thing. And, uh, and managers then uh, are responsible for being sure that the ideas, the strategies, the vision, uh, the objectives are being completed. So they kind of answer the questions. But if you have the wrong question, you have a great strategy for the wrong question, a great action for the wrong question, you can quickly become bankrupt or, or, or lose your way. So uh, the most important thing a leader does is help the organizations do the right thing. And they do that by the questions that they ask. And the better their questions are, the better they help the organization succeed. I absolutely love it, and it because it is leaders focus the right questions, managers focus on the right solutions, and so are there in history some examples of of you know major failures because people didn't ask questions? Yeah, I think you know, or most or all organizations every day there are people who are afraid to ask questions or don't know how to ask questions, so disasters emerge uh, historically. Uh, we know about the, uh, the Bay of Pigs or the, the Titanic, uh, the Challenger, New Coke. Uh, you know, people were afraid to ask questions or they didn't know how to ask questions. And so uh, disasters occurred, Microsoft or the Vista. Uh, every day in every organization, there are some disasters that occur or uh, situations that cause the organization to waste resources, uh, hurt morale, uh, you know, uh, cut the profits of the organization to pieces and so forth uh, because there are not questions. But I, I can go to any organization almost on a daily basis and I'll find examples where if a question had been asked, and the Titanic is the most vivid example where, uh, you know, the Titanic was known as the unsinkable Titanic uh, uh, because it was unsinkable, supposedly. And it sank on its maiden voyage, and 1,400 people lost their lives. And so they did an investigation about why didn't the marketing people or the engineers or whatever, you know, if, uh, uh, why did they ask some questions? Why didn't they, you know, challenge the idea that this was unsinkable? So when they asked the, each of the engineers, saying, did you think this sink ship was unsinkable? Uh, every one of them said, well, no, there's no such thing as an unsinkable ship. If the iceberg hits it at the right angle at a certain speed, it's going to, you know, it's going to break, break down. So the uh, investigators said, well, well, why didn't you uh, raise your concern or ask the question? And that's a question that could be asked of any of us. If you are working with a group of people who are your colleagues, uh, who maybe fellow experts like you are, or, you know, fellow with experience like you have, and and been with the company for a while, how many of you are going to ask a question uh, when no one else is asking the question? And the answer is no one. There, there's been so much research showing that if you're in a situation uh, that requires a question, and but we don't have the courage or the skill to ask the question, it, it occurs uh, very regularly because we are afraid of asking a dumb question. And so it's better to be safe than to ask a dumb question. And, and as a result, you have, in this case, 1,400 people lost their lives because not one single engineer, and all of them had the doubt. They all had a concern this ship is not sinkable. Not a single engineer raised the question about what would happen if the ship hit an, an iceberg at this angle 
and at that speed uh, because they were afraid that they'd be laughed out of the group. I agree, and I'm just so glad that you finished with that story because I just think such a, such a profound story on the impact of that. Uh, so I just got a couple of quick questions here. So from today, what's one thing you want our listeners to walk away with? What's one idea you want them to make sure they walk away with? Well, certainly the idea that ask questions whenever you can, that great questions will make you a greater or better leader. Uh, and the only way you can is to develop that skill of asking questions is to practice. Uh, encourage the people around you to ask questions. Remind them that you're going to try to ask more questions. It will help us be a, a better team, a better organization. We'll get you know better products. Uh, we'll be enjoy each other more. Uh, but you have to you have to commit yourself that asking questions will make me more effective as a person and as a leader and, and as a friend. So uh, that's just you just have to jump out there and do it. And, but recognize you'll get good at it because it's just like our, we're, we're bodily geared, our, our brains, our whole psychological makeup, we're geared to ask questions. Our first two years of life, that's how we became walkers and talkers. And so just like if you, have, if you rode a bicycle for 10, 15 years and then did not ride it again for another 15 years, how long would it take you to get comfortable on that bike again? Probably less than 30 minutes. Same thing with questions. Once you start asking questions, you start getting better at that. And just remind yourself, although you may not ask questions in the workplace where it's the most critical, particularly solving complex problems, as soon as you're with your best friend, as soon as you leave the door of your office and go and have a conversation with your best friend, that's all you do is ask questions. So it's ingrained in us. We are good at it, but we have to practice it and improve it and use it in the workplace or use it in our coaching. And I agree wholeheartedly. So I've got three quick questions here just off the top of your head. Just uh, list them. And on the third one, I might have you explain a little bit more. But what's your favorite business book you've ever read? Uh, my favorite business book? Uh, boy, that's, that's a, uh, a tough one. I'm kind of looking at uh, my books on the shelves uh, over the years and, and so forth. Uh, uh, particularly a, a book that influenced me immensely. It uh, came out in the early 1990s with The, the Fifth Discipline which got me involved in the area of uh, organizational learning and learning organizations, which has been a research uh, interest of mine. Uh, and then I think some of the books on, uh, some of the early books on action learning, ABCs of action learning by Reg Revens would be an uh, uh, important book for me. Uh, absolutely. Now I looked up on Wikipedia and you and, uh, Mr. Revan are actually listed together as experts in that area. So uh, we're going to talk about actually learning another podcast here in a little bit. Uh, who's your favorite leader of all times, either business, political, yeah. governmental, whatever? Well, one I really admire a lot is Nelson Mandela. Uh, I've done a lot of work in South Africa, and I visited uh, Robbins Island where he was imprisoned. Uh, particularly when he came out of prison, he could have been a very bitter man, and he came out with a hand of friendship and encouragement. He was uh, you know, a very positive person, uh, uh, kind. Uh, he didn't live his life in regret or anger. You know, his last time, he was a great leader as first president of the country, tried to bring whites and blacks and colored together. Uh, so he certainly would be an admirable leader uh, as, a, as a, a political leader, I think. Uh, 
uh, and, and I think most of your audience would, would, would know who he is. Uh, there are certain individuals uh, over the years that I've worked with who I think are, uh, are great leaders. Uh, Robert Toffman, who's at Novartis, uh, is a tremendous leader. And, somebody, and a lot of the people I highly respect as leaders, they're, they're ones who, who live by questions and realize how questions have, have made them more effective leaders. And then the last question here is, what's the best product that you think has been built by someone asking a question? Oh, um, well, you know, it's, it's a product. I think uh, uh, Steve jo Jobs uh, at Apple, he, he had, his question was, how can I make this, I don't know exactly, how can I make this perfect for the customer? But he, he, he had to have, a, his products had to be perfect for the customer and so oftentimes you, you kind of let the, uh, the, the, the marketplace determine the product. But he said, no, I'm going to create a product that will determine the marketplace. We'll create a market for it. But he always asked the question, how can, I, how can I make this product, whether it's iPhone, iPad, whatever, perfect for the customer, you know, enjoyable, friendly, easy, whatever it could be. So that, I think, was a question that uh, uh, affected all of the things that uh, Apple has done over the past 20 years. Uh, I agree. Great examples of that. I love the Nelson Mandela idea because he truly asked himself, himself, uh, how can I make a difference in the world when I'm at, when I leave prison? And he realized the way that he could do that is reaching out with a hand of friendship and not being angry and not being bitter. And how do I, uh, how do I change the world going forward? I can't change the past, but I can change what I could do going forward. And that was probably Nelson Mandela's question to himself. So, um, uh, Dr. Marquardt, I cannot say thank you enough for uh, being here today and talking about Leading with Questions. It's been a great podcast, and I cannot say thank you enough. So thank you for being on the show today. Okay. Well, thank you, Roy, for the opportunity of uh, spreading the good news of leaders asking questions. Absolutely. Thank you very much.